Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and websites, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello everyone, I hope you're all well. Welcome to Imprint. I'm very excited to share today's interview with you. It is with a former set designer and Studio McGee stylist, Jen Paul, who has been building a name for herself as a prop and interior stylist. She started her business just under a year ago and loves the process of collaborating with other creatives to make something unique and beautiful and really values intentionality, which is a key component to her styling and her life. 
We first met when she joined my course, The Styling Masterclass, when she wanted to upskill. And in today's conversation, she shares how she started out at Studio McGee, how that opportunity came about, and really about a crossroads that she was at prior to that, when she realized that she was at a place in her life where she didn't actually want to be. And Jen realized that she needed to make a decision in regards to the life that she wanted to create for herself. And in today's episode, she shares the steps that she took after she made those decisions and how it doesn't have to necessarily be this big, overwhelming process, but it's about taking one step at a time. But it all begins with making a decision. And I'm really excited to share what happened next. Also, before we just get into the conversation, now, if you have been enjoying this podcast, I just want to take a quick minute to say I would really appreciate if you just can just quickly tap on the rating button on wherever you're listening to this and um, rate this podcast, or even just take two seconds to say, love this episode, or even name the episode that you loved, just so that I can get feedbacks on the ones that you're really enjoying, what you want to hear more of. So just pop a quick note in the review section, because I read them all and I really appreciate hearing from you. Anyway, back to our conversation. Hi, Jen. Welcome to Imprint. I'm very excited to, to chat with you and learn more about your journey. The last time that we were in contact was when you were doing my course, The Styling Masterclass, and I have really enjoyed watching you flourish in your career and evolve and seeing your work develop. And it's been really, um, you know, fascinating and beautiful to watch. So <laughs> For the listeners, can you please share a little bit about your journey to how you got to where you are now? And I'm always interested in some of the threads in your life, which when you look back, makes sense in relation to the career and the life that you've created for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, this is exciting for me. So um, thank you. So. When I look back on my life and think about kind of how I got here, um, I remember as young as eight or nine, just loving to rearrange my room. So like every, it, it, I would even do it every like two or three months, like do it, like rearrange it again. <laughs> I just love moving things around, seeing how they would fit, seeing what worked, what didn't work um, was something I always enjoyed. And I also always found myself liking to work with my hands, like things that are, I could physically be touching and moving. And I really enjoyed building things, um, kind of, you know, spatial reasoning type activities. I really was drawn to, um, as a kid. And as I look back now, it's easy to kind of see like, oh, that, that makes sense for, you know, where I'm at now. But at the time, I don't know, you don't really think of a lot of careers, you know, um, associated with that, with those kinds of things. So um, yeah. And let's see, as far as how I got to where I am now, um, it's been kind of a journey. I didn't start actively pursuing a, like styling and set decorating is another word, um, a job that a title I have sometimes, um, until, uh, 
my early 30s. So I'm um, 38 now. So um, it kind of was a it was a journey to get figure it out. And it took me some time. And I felt like um, maybe earlier um, in college years, I was just trying to figure things out and was following maybe what I thought other people were doing or what I thought made sense for the people around me and kind of were just was felt kind of lost but felt like maybe I wasn't um I don't know just doing what I what I thought I should be doing if that makes sense um and then I had kind of this awakening <laughs> of late 20s where I was like wait like I can make my life whatever I want it to be and I can do what I want it doesn't have to look like what other people's lives look like and there's a lot of options out there and and so I kind of started exploring um around that time like if I could do anything like what am I really drawn to if I could do anything what would I be doing you know and I found myself and realized that by myself um realizing I was always drawn to photography um graphic design interiors um and like I mentioned earlier, moving things around, you know, um, and so I started figuring out what what kind of jobs, you know, people were doing with those kinds of um, skills and um, found myself um, approaching photographers and prop stylists in my area and reaching out and saying, hey, you know, I want to learn more about this. Um, I have a lot of passion for it. I'll work for free. Just let me come help you. I, I can carry stuff. Like, you know, I'm, I can just be a mover if that's what you need. Um, and um, that's how it started. Luckily, I met some really great people that way um, that ended up being mentors. And, um, you know, I was on sets and seeing how things came together, um, different people that are there. And you meet a lot of people when you're on sets, even if you're just, you know, um, at the bottom of the totem pole, <laughs> you know, uh, you're meeting photographers and producers and art directors and other people um, just starting out like you and I'm assisting people. And so, if you know, if I did a good job, I luckily had all these people I was connecting to um, and, um, I worked for free at first and then people started asking me back and paying me and I just kind of started learning um, that way and um, I'm, I feel grateful for the people I was able to connect with during those times. I, I, I'm just going to ask you because I'm curious because I think a lot of people have this experience. So when you went to college, what were you studying then? And, you know, in those kind of, I guess, late teens when you're making that decision about what am I going to do when I leave sort of high school? You know, what should, what kind of career and, and, and what about in those early twenties when you were sort of, what types of jobs were you having? And I'm, I'm curious because I think that a lot of people, you know, it's, it's hard to know sometimes what you want to do and you don't always know, like you say, what types of jobs that are out there. So can you just share that? With yeah, of course. Um, I always loved working. So I had lots of jobs from, you know, retail shops to uh, in college, I worked at a laundry mat. <laughs> you know, I was a waitress. Um, uh, and at school, I just 
I loved college and I actually went into school wanting to do interior design and um, wanted to kind of try that out. And my college, the first year I was there, had decided to close the interior design program. I took like one oh, a semester of a class. And for whatever reason, when I back then I thought, oh, I guess I can't do interior design now. I need to pick something else. Like it wasn't, I didn't think I could maybe go to a different college and, you know, and still study that. And so I found myself moving around in college. Um, I did graphic design for a little bit. I did advertising, communications, I kind of IT, like I just kind of jumped around and um, I ended up graduating in elementary education in the end. So, um, and I still remember graduating and being like, what am I doing? I don't, I don't want to be a teacher. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just a hard time to know what to do. And you feel this pressure to pick something and it's hard to know, you know, what you're going to want to do with your whole life. Um, so I taught school for three years um, after I graduated. So. Yeah, that seems like a very different world now, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And so I met you, as I said, um, when you joined my course, the Styling Masterclass. I'm curious how you found out about that and, and what kind of was the impetus to join? What did you, what were you challenged? What was your challenges at that time? And, um, you know, how did that course help you with that? Yeah, as I learned more and more about what an interior stylist or prop stylist was and that that was a real job and um, I wanted to learn more and I started looking for people who were doing that and it ended up being kind of harder than I thought really to find stylists um, and I found you and um, had had your book, your first book and um, was it so inspired and was excited to find someone who was like, that's what I, that's what I want to do. She, she's doing it. There are people that are doing this, like, and making a career out of it. Um, and so I was excited about that. And when I, um, I was actually working, um, as a stylist, when I took your class, I was working for Studio McGee, um, an interior design company at that time and, um, felt a little bit like, like I needed more experience. You know, like I wanted to learn, I, I feel like everything I'd learned, I'd kind of taught myself, like I'd kind of just been on the job, learn, like trying to figure it out in some ways. And I was desperate for like some formal mentorship, you know, or someone saying, this is how I've done it. This is what works. This is the, the tricks of the trade, you know? Um, and it was so nice to find that information and to find your class because it just helped me connect so many dots and it made um, my journey a lot easier at, after that point because things just made more sense. You know, it kinda, I kind of had like a roadmap. Right. Um, so I appreciated all that, all the insight you gave during that class. And, um, and what about sort of doing the exercise? I remember your work being really beautiful. What about sort of doing the kind of the exercises within the course? Because I always sort of say, you know, it's, I think so many people have an interest and a passion for interiors, but it's sort of, they're almost like a bystander, you know, they're looking at what other people are doing, but they're not necessarily creating their own work or even, you know, I've had people who such as yourself, you know, who are working in the industry, but they're maybe doing a brief for somebody else, but it's an opportunity to explore what you really love and what style you have. 
Um, how did you find kind of doing those, you know, the practical side of the course as well? Yeah, I found that um, kind of challenging at first. So I was used to someone saying, this is the feel we're going for. You know, here's what we're like a plan, a, a brief of what we're doing. And so for someone to just say, make something that you, you know, that you're drawn to, that you love, I was like, whoa. And it was really hard. It was harder um, than kind of having this, you know, these parameters to work in. Um, but I, I found I love I loved working through that um, in the course and exploring that and having just a more open ended um, assignment. And um, I've learned I learned that through that class, it takes it just takes a lot of practice too, right? You're like lots and lots of trying things to figure it out. Um, and so it was fun. It was, a, it was a really nice exploration. Great. And so what about your own personal style? So as you said, you know, you've always had this um, love of interiors and sort of rearranging your spaces. How has your own personal style evolved over the years? And I'm curious about, um, obviously, you worked with Studio Miggy for maybe you can share a little bit of a light on how long you worked there. Um, yeah. And, you know, did that inform your style or was that kind of already your style? Um, can you just share about how that um, has changed? And I'm curious to learn more about that. Yeah. Um, let's see. To start my style, um, I think I like to describe it as classic and cool. <laughs> and I don't what I mean by that is like I like things to be I like classic silhouettes and, and clean lines and, and that kind of color palette. But I also like a little bit of edge to it, you know, um, a little bit of something unique, a little bit something more modern or maybe a more modern texture or, you know, whatever it might be to kind of throw in there to add something a little different. Um, as far as like the design words that we like to use to describe design, I think I lean kind of transitional, a little modern, and a little bit minimal are probably the words I would use. But I also find words to describe design is just not sufficient. Like, I feel like I always need pictures to really show, you know, what I mean. Um, Cause I think words can mean so many different things to people. So when I'm working with clients, I feel like I, I'm always more drawn to hear some pictures of what I'm thinking, you know, cause words can be hard. Um, but hopefully that kind of makes sense as far as the style I try to, I lean toward. Um, let's see, second part. I think you mentioned well, the studio I, movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm curious, I guess, obviously, um, first of all, you know, so many people, if they are interested in working as an interior stylist, it's how to get that kind of that first break, you know, how to actually go and get work as an interior stylist. And, you know, you've mentioned that you would just kind of go and assist and, and work in that way. Maybe you can just maybe share a little bit more about your actual career journey from that point of you know, going and assisting people to then actually getting paid for your work and whether that was, I don't know if that was Studio McGee at the start or if that you had to work for a few clients first and then now to where you are now where you've sort of made that decision to to transition to working with other clients. So maybe you can just shine a yeah. little bit more of a light on that part of your journey. Yeah, definitely. So as I, when I started and I was assisting others, um, I, after about maybe a year or so of doing a lot of assisting, I started getting more opportunities to kind of be the lead. 
um, in the in the styling. Um, I also did some like set design um, and set decorating for commercials too at that time. And um, I reached. I was always looking for opportunities, right, to like do something. So I um, I reached out to Studio McGee. Let's see, how did I? I was following them. So their their office was. 10 minutes from my house. So at the time, so, um, you know, back in, let's say that I was like 2018 or so is when I started connecting with them and they were still kind of small, but definitely a kind of buzz and growing. And, um, I knew I wanted to be a part of it somehow, but I didn't really know what that looked like for me because I thought I'm not in, I'm not trained in interior design. So how, like, how can I be involved here? Like, what do they need? And I'm like, they've got to need a stylist, right? So I, um, to Instagram found people that, you know, worked there <laughs> and found someone who had a stylist was their job title. And, um, I reached out to her on Instagram and asked if I just assumed they were hiring stylist freelance. Cause that's kind of the experience I had is that people just kind of hired, hired that out. And so I said, if you ever need help with styling, like I would love to, you know, be on set with you guys. And, um, she responded and was like, great to know. Uh, we actually hire our, you know, we, I'm a stylist full time here and we actually don't do, we don't hire freelance. Um, would you be interested in, in like a job, you know, like, would you want to apply for like a full-time job with us? And I was like, yeah, like, but maybe let's try. And I, I was kind of nervous at first, but I'm like, oh wait, that could be really cool. Um, and she also happened to be a friend of a friend. We made some connections that way. And um, had an interview and uh, was so excited to get the job. It actually was kind of a process that I interviewed and then it didn't end up getting the job until about five or six months later. So I kind of thought maybe I didn't get the job. It was kind of this mix of emotions, you know, hoping I had it and then maybe thought I didn't. And then just the way it worked out, they ended up not needing me until a little later. Um, but um, that was a big deal for me getting that job because it, felt, um, I don't know, it kind of solidified this career I was creating and wanted. And I had this kind of steady income, which can be nice sometimes when you're freelancing. And I was excited to be a part of something that was growing. And it felt like, you know, they were part of something new and had big ideas. And it was cool to be a part of that. Can that team. So, and, and at the beginning it was just me and two other people on the styling team when I started and it was really fun to help that team grow. And I learned a lot and was able to bring a lot of the stuff I had learned, um, by doing set design, like all little tricks, you know, like using fishing line to hold things in place or just stuff like that, that maybe that I could bring to the table that I had learned on sets. Um, we started building out kind of some studio spaces and I could fall back on some of those set design things I'd learned too. And it was just cool to see, to see that grow and to be a part of that was really cool. Can you just share a little bit of an insight into, you know, working for then, you know, obviously I'm sure it grew to a quite a sizable company while you were there and a little bit of an insight into like your day-to-day while working for a company such as that and and how you would approach shoots like were you styling every day was it sourcing was it you know a mix 
and um, and yeah, a little bit about the brief and the you know the philosophy of how you would approach those shoots. I think it would be really interesting for people to hear. Yeah, um, at the beginning, um, my job changed a lot it, from where I started to where I ended in. It was just based on the needs of the company and we were growing so rapidly and sometimes i would come to work and be like hey we got to do a shoot today we got to get a shot of this new sofa you know like let's let's figure it out and we would kind of just have to pull things together um and that was really fun actually it might sound kind of crazy but it was kind of fun and we were trying to figure out you know the right trying to find a good studio space um at first we didn't have um, a full-time photographer. So we were hiring different photographers and trying to find the right fit for the look we wanted. And, um, and it seemed a little crazy, but fun, if that makes sense at first. And then slowly, you know, we started getting more processes in place and had a studio space and started planning out photo shoots more than a day in advance, you know, we're like, okay, let's, we started planning them out, you know, a month or two, or even, four, you know, five months ahead as things went on. And we were doing um, on location shoots as well as in studios. Um, sometimes we were usually shooting in homes that the company had designed, uh, but sometimes we would even look for other locations if we just needed more content. Um, Studio McGee, you know, knew the power of photos early on. Um, and put a lot of time and effort into creating beautiful photos. And um, so it was nice to be appreciated and valued in that way, because um, they knew how important that was. And so they put a lot of, um, a lot of time and support into growing our team. So it was nice. And were you, or were you given guidance in terms of like, okay, so say for instance, the sofa, you know, like, yeah. um, okay, you were given a brief in terms of the way to shoot it in a particular space and which props to bring in, or were you given, you know, was that your team and the choice that, you know, the styling team to come up with that or a bit of both? Um, yeah. I'm just curious as to how that logistical side of it worked. Yeah. So I had the, um, she's the creative director now. I think at the time she was just our lead stylist of our team. Um, she's who hired me. Um, and she was awesome. Like she always had, a, she was always right in line with Shay and her vision of how we wanted things to look. So she usually would give us, um, a starting point for, you know, what the products we needed to use in the shoot and the feel. Um, and then let us go from there. And, uh, we had a warehouse with props that just grew and grew. It was so fun to have, just go into a space with, shelves of props to use um and then the company you know mcgee and co have lots of products they sell so we have like a prop section and then a section of all of the products that we sold and um we had a lot of creative freedom as far as what we wanted to make it look like um and we just were told try to use these products like we need to highlight you know these things um and so, um, yeah, does that kind of yeah, yeah, answer no, that? No. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so then I guess how long were you there for? And then at what point did you decide it was time to kind of go out and do your own thing? And how has that transition worked for you? Yeah. So I was there almost three years 
um, learned a lot, learned so much there and enjoyed my time there and still have good friends that I made while I was there. Um, I stopped working there about a year ago and it was, um, you know, it was mid, you know, 2021 mid year. And I was feeling that, um, kind of COVID burnout that I think a lot of us were feeling, um, and just, just wanted to kind of align my priorities and with my values and wanted to think about the kind of, you know, the time, how I wanted to spend my time. And I was feeling like I, I just spent a lot of time in work and just needed a change. Um, a, a lot of it was, um, was just, was influenced by my family. I have three kids. Um, and they just weren't, they were just having a hard time with the way things were going in school. And I just felt a pull to kind of shift my priorities a little bit. And so it was sad to leave. Um, but I was excited about to have the opportunity to kind of create the life I wanted, um, with my time and, um, just be more intentional about my days and what I valued. And so that's kind of how that happened. And I took some time, took a few months and didn't really work at all and just kind of tried to realign my life a little. And then, um, said, okay, I'm going to just do this on my own, go back to freelance work, but focus on interiors. And I see other, I think I can do this, you know, even though I'm not in LA or New York, um, I'm going to try and make this work, you know, in, in Salt Lake city, which is where I am. Um, and so that's what I've been doing for the past year is just trying to, um, have my own styling business and be intentional about the kind of clients I take and the time I spend on that work and just make sure it's something I really want to be doing. And, um, it's been, it's been great. I really enjoyed it. I think, um, it's, it's something that people, again, like they can struggle with that, um, going out and getting clients and charging for their services and knowing who, who to work with. So do you only work with then local interior designers at the moment? And I mean, I guess I'm presuming that you would just approach and kind of almost pitch your services to them. So I work mainly with local interior designers. I would say that's probably maybe 50% of my, of my clientele. Um, and we're doing like portfolio type photo shoots. Um, and I love doing that. And, um, I've also been fortunate to do a little bit of traveling and work with like some architecture firms that aren't still on the, on the West coast of the U S not too, you know, not too much traveling, but, um, it's been fun to have a little more opportunity that way too. And then, um, I'll do some like commercial type shoots for businesses too, that are, um, selling home, home goods or furniture. Um, and help style those kind of things as well just kind of kind of where i'm at with uh, my clients so and how do you work out what to charge people because that is one of the hardest things i think so most hard. people struggle with have you do you ask people what their budget is or do you say this is my price can you sort of shine a little bit of a light on that yeah yeah it, um you, I know you're aware of this, but, um, 
you know, if uh, you have an editorial shoot, they'll usually come to you and say, here's, here's the day rate, here's the budget, you know, and you're just saying yes or no, which is so much easier than, than making the proposal for someone that says, well, I don't know how much do you think this is going to cost, you know? Um, and it's been a little, definitely been a learning process. So in those um, instances where I'm kind of creating a proposal, I'll meet with the client, usually on the phone or Zoom. Sometimes I'll go to the location with them and walk through the space. And I just kind of get an idea of how much time it's going to take me, um, the money I'm going to need. And that's just taken experience to figure that out. Honestly, at that first, I, um, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to charge. And um, after every shoot, I'd say, okay, I need to change this and this and this. And I need to add this. I need to add this to my contract. I need to charge more for props. I need to order flowers, you know, just little things that I would like learn after every shoot. So honestly, even now, I feel like I'm still kind of adjusting after each project a little bit because it just takes time to figure it all out. And I wish there was more of like a handbook, like this is what you should charge and this is how much props are going to cost. And, you know, but it's just, there's so many variables that it can be hard. Um, and so, um, yeah, I don't know. It would be helpful to have more details. Like I usually charge hourly for my interior design clients. So I'll do an hourly um, estimation in my, in my proposal. I'll do a prop rental fee. So I, um, I, yeah, I charge a prop rental fee and then I charge for like perishables. So greens and flowers and fruit or stuff like that. And so I'll give them an estimation at the beginning, how many hours I think it'll take um, prep, post and shoot day. And we go from there. And then if they agree to it, my deposit is usually all of the upfront costs. So like the prop rentals and the perishables I charge initially, and then I'll invoice for the rest after yeah so do you have a prop library that you have kind of um created to sort of draw upon yeah I do and it it's getting too big like uh, it's getting way too big I need my husband's like we need another we need another space you're out you know you're outgrowing this um it's just hard I don't know if you're like that too but I just love gathering cool stuff and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna need this you know or after every shoot I'll I'll have some things I'll hold on to. Um, but at the same time, I try to kind of not keep too many things because you don't want to use the same stuff in other shoots, right? And so um, I keep the things like soaps and napkins and stuff that, you know, it's okay to maybe use again, but I'm careful with, you know, bigger, more focal point items to, um, to not hold on to those usually, kind of give them their special moment, you know, at a shoot and then and then move on. So. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, definitely when I was doing more of that type of work, you know, I had more things, but I tend to draw, well, I mean, <laughs> I, was say, I tend to draw upon what I've got in my own home, you know, so it's like, a, it's a, yep. uh, you know, I pull bits and pieces out or, I mean, obviously I'm fortunate that I've got my, my own shop imprint house, so I can just <laughs> raid, yep. raid the supplies. Um, I'm doing that too. My kid, my kids know when I have a shoot, they're like, mom, where's the, where are the books that are usually in the shelf? And where's that vase that we had? You know? And I'm like, 
<laughs> you're like, oh, mom must have had a shoot today. Yeah, completely. Half the house is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> I know all of that. So, uh, and can you maybe just shine a little bit of a light on like how much are you often propping for an interior design shoot? You know, when when it's that type of client, how much? I know obviously there'll be varying degrees, but you know, on average. Yeah, I'm doing about two or three shoots a month. Um, and um, I'm actually kind of purposely not taking on any more than that. It, it, that feels like kind of a good place for me. Um, and I also will do some consulting. And um, I, I also have a couple of clients, like interior design homeowner clients that I also will do kind of in between shoots, um, just help people kind of finish up their houses and, and style their own homes as well. And do you um, charge a different kind of rate for those sort of jobs or is it all kind of worked on a similar yeah, rate? Consulting, rate? I just, yeah, consulting, I'll do a little higher rate per hour. Usually just one hour and I'll do a higher rate than my normal and for a homeowner, um, it's about it's a similar hourly rate to my photo shoots. Yeah, and and what about yeah. your process? Can you just sort of shine a little bit of light on on your process? So you go to a house, you know, what are you looking for? What are you trying to add, you know, to take it to that next level? What are some mm -hmm. of the things that you find work really well? Um, can you shine a little bit of light on on your yeah. process? Yep. Um, I love to be in the space before shoot day, if possible. Um, I have a hard time just using pictures, you know, that people send. Sometimes that's just the way it is and you have to work with that. But if I can get into a space with a client, uh, that's my preferred method and way to start because it just, with pictures, sometimes you're like, oh, that sinks over there. I thought it, like, you don't always can like put everything together as easily. I like to walk through the space. I like to be with the interior designer as I walk through, if that's who I'm um, working with and get an idea of their vision. I think it's important that I'm there to support, you know, what they've created and enhance it, um, not to take it over or make it my own thing. And so I want to be really in touch with their vision and, um, you know, the, the, just what they wanted for the space. and. I just want to be a resource um, to enhance what they've already created. So I love talking with them through the space. Um, and we talk about mood and feeling that they want to create through the photos. Um, I often go back to something I learned in your class about um, it being a, a visual storytelling styling. And I love that. That's my favorite way actually to approach a shoot is to figure out the story that we're trying to, to share because once you're clear on that, everything else falls into place so much easier. You know, um, if you know the feel and the mood and the story, then you're like, okay, it makes sense to have this prop on the kitchen table. And it makes sense to have this book open on the coffee table, you know, like, because you know what your, what the goal is. Um, so I love to start with a story and a mood. Um, and then from there, I create a mood board um, for, that I share with the client, make sure we're on the same page of the kind of things. And then I'll just start sourcing from there um, items, either 
things I have on hand or other styling friends I can borrow things from, or I feel lucky to have made some connections with local shops, you know, vintage shops or other artists. One of my favorite things actually is to find other artists making really cool stuff and feature their items at a shoot. I just, I love collaborating with other creatives so much that I'm like, oh, I want to, let me, I want to use that painting in my next shoot or that ceramic piece. And so finding really unique things um, is great. And it, I love it even more if it's someone I know that's created it or, you know, someone local. Um, I, I love when that, when that comes together. And it's, um, a, it's a win-win as well, isn't it? Because, oh, you yeah. know, if they're sort of loaning it to you, then you can share the image with them, which they can use on their socials or website or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I love benefits. it so much. I, I love collaborating in that way. I, I it's, Yeah, it's like you're saying, it's a win-win for everybody. And I just love being able to build each other up and be like, that is so, you know, that art is so cool. Like, it's going to make this whole photo. Like, thank you so much for letting me use it. and. It's just, yeah, it's great to be able to work together that way. I love it. And what about some of the sort of the practical tools that you use? You talked about you create mood boards. I mean, are you using Canva? What, you know, what are you using on a kind of day-to-day -day basis for your work? Yeah, I'm in um, Adobe InDesign a lot is what I mainly use. That's just, I'm kind of a self-taught graphic designer, kind of. I wouldn't even say graphic designer, but I, I learned how to use all those Adobe programs um, kind of as a hobby. Um, and so I'm in Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator usually as I'm creating the boards for clients. Um, and I, I recently started using Dubsado to help um, do contracts and keep track of clients and send invoices and stuff like that. Okay. Um, how do you spell that? Um, uh, D-U-B-S-A-D-O. Okay. Dubsado. It's meant okay. to be like a project manager. Right. And um, I'm kind of just dipping my toes in, but I, I'm excited about the idea because you can also, you know, have clients fill out questionnaires or surveys and um, you can make questionnaires like for your website. So there's an easy way to... Um, kind of flow in contact information and when people reach out to you um, and you can kind of create emails that are that you're going to use often you know that you can just be sent out quickly so I'm excited to kind of learn more about it that's something I've started using just to help um, speed up my processes and not spend too much time in that that kind of work um, and what else am I using I think, I think that's about it um quickbooks i use quickbooks for like accounting yeah the, the, the side that no one wants to have to deal yeah, with <laughs> oh, the stuff that i wish i didn't have to do <laughs> um you learn so much as a business owner oh wow like so many things you don't think about like the accounting side or business getting a business license figuring out taxes it's a whole it's a whole thing so um i've learned a lot for sure yeah and I'm just curious as well. I mean, you mentioned that you've got three children and how you, you know, what's, what's the kind of the workflow or the balance that you're striving for in terms of work and, you know, nurturing your creativity and being a mom and, you know, 
family life and, and all of that. How, what's, what's working for you? What do you find is a good balance for you? Yeah, I feel like this is something I'm always trying to figure out in some ways, but I um, like to set aside work hours every day. If it's a shoot day, that's different. If that's like a whole day that I'm gone. Um, but I try to set aside my morning hours for work. So like eight to two, I'm like in work and then I turn it off and I move on to, you know, family life, or maybe I'm going to do something for myself. Um, but I feel as a, especially as a business owner now, it can be really easy to just work. There's always stuff to do. There's always more you could be doing. You could be updating your website. You could be creating more content for Instagram. You know, you, um, it's just, it's never ending. And so, um, I found it's pretty important to kind of set the work hours and then be like, all right, that's, that's it for today. Just so it doesn't sit and consume my life and my thoughts. Cause when I'm, I want to be really intentional about my time. And when I'm with my family, I want to be with my family. I don't want to be thinking about this project that I still haven't finished or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so I'm trying to be better about that and, and kind of blocking my my day and my time has been helpful in accomplishing that goal of being more, um, intentional about what I'm doing and how I'm spending my time. Yeah, no, definitely. Boundaries, I think, are so important when it comes to all of that. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to, I've got a um, last little run of questions to ask you and uh, just to get a bit more of an insight into you and your journey and what you're passionate about and inspired about at the moment. So we'll kind of move into those. Um, okay. Which five words best describe you? Yeah, but I don't know why this was hard. You you let me know some of these questions before and this and I was like, why is it hard to like talk about myself? It was kind of a weird like exercise. But um, so I think I think of myself as ambitious. Um, I feel like I am pretty resourceful, like scrappy is another word my husband likes to use for it. Like I'm just pretty good at using what I have and making things work. Um, I am artistic. I love all types of art and, um, just creating in that way. Um, and I think I'm thoughtful about, you know, the things I do and, 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 and with life in general, just want to think through things. Um, and then I think I'm pretty fun. <laughs> I like to have a good time. I like to laugh. And I think, I just think life is, I don't know. I just want to have a good time. So like one of my, one of my goals this year is actually to have more fun. That was my, uh, that was my intention for the year. So I just think it's important to incorporate that, especially as we get older. I think people kind of think that the playful, joyful stuff is um, normal for kids and we kind of have to grow up and be serious. But I always look for ways to just be more, just have more fun yeah have a good time so. yeah, that's great it's definitely yeah. something that um yeah that I I want to try and have more it's it, I think it's so easy to get consumed with like all the work things and the kid things and family and you know yeah. trying to be exercise and eat well and you know and it's like and actually I had oh, one wow. of the things that I wanted to try and do this year was to be able to do a handstand again <laughs> and 
Yes. Although I think I need to practice a bit more, but that is so cool. I love that. I took up um, roller skating oh, this great. year. It's been something that's been really fun. Awesome. So. Um, what's the best life or career lesson you've learned? Um, I think, I think just being really deliberate and intentional has been a big, something that's been important for me to understand and, and learn and take to heart. Um, because your life can just kind of become this thing that you didn't realize you didn't like, you really made the choices to get there. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I, I got to a place where I was like, how did I get here? Like, this isn't, this isn't what I want, you know? Um, and I think if we're not thoughtful and thinking about the way we want to live our lives, that it can be easy just to get caught up in things. Maybe we don't want to be doing when we don't think about it. So just being intentional and thoughtful about the choices you make, the clients you take on, the way you spend your days, um, you know, just make sure it's something you really want to be doing. Yeah, no, completely. Absolutely. Um, what's your proudest career achievement so far? I think, I think I might have two. I think getting the job at Studio McGee was a big deal for me. And so that was, that was um, a milestone. And then um, recently getting a pretty awesome three-day shoot with a good budget all on my own, you know, having my own name on it just felt so good. And, um, I was just proud of myself for, for being able to do some big things recently. So that's felt good too. That's awesome. It's good to celebrate the kind of the wins along the way. So it's important. Yeah, yep. definitely. What's been your best decision? Um, good question. I think, I think my best decision has been to pay attention to what I love and, um, and kind of being in touch with my intuition a little bit more and kind of listening to what I, um, what my insides are telling, telling me is good, you know, um, kind of going back to kind of getting in this kind of hamster wheel maybe of, of life and just taking the time to kind of get out of that and, and notice what really brings you joy. Um, and so I think being more in tune with my intuition and, and what's best for me has been, has been really good for me in the end. Yeah, no, really important. And what about who inspires you? Who's inspiring you right now? Um, I am so inspired by strong women. I just think there's so many amazing women doing so many cool things right now. And I, and they all are inspiring. Um, but specifically in like the interior design space, I um, am really loving um, Hadley Wiggins work right now. Um, I just think she's putting out some really cool stuff that's unique. And um, one of, and another person, one of my first mentors, um, Meta Coleman, she was a stylist and I assisted her back in the day. It's been a while now. And, and now she focuses on interiors and I just feel like she's just authentic to herself and isn't trying to copy any other, you know, things she's saying and is just making a, a path of her own that I 
really, really find it inspiring. Yeah, great. Um, what are you passionate about? Um, I am passionate about collaborating and and building each other up in life, in 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 careers and just in our day to day life. I just love connecting with people and. I think on a deeper level, I, I think we're all kind of here to help each other out and build each other up and be there for each other. And so, um, I'm passionate about connecting with other artists, like I kind of mentioned earlier and working together. I, I love being on set with, you know, a photographer and a stylist and an interior designer. And sometimes I'm on a bigger set with, you know, a, um, a DP and a director and a, and hair and makeup and wardrobe and, it's just so cool to see everyone come together in their own expertise to make to and come together to create something really beautiful. It's just it just feels so good. I just I love that and kind of chase that feeling of collaborating with others and uh, all of us bringing together our best work to create something really cool. It's, it's just kind of magical. So I love that. Yeah. Uh, what dream do you still want to fulfill? <clears throat> I. I I have had this idea of, I haven't quite figured it all out yet, but some kind of nonprofit to um, use kind of my skills and kind of the, the network of people I have to um, help women who have um, kind of escaped like abusive relationships and, and are kind of starting out in their new space on their own. Um, like there's a space there that that maybe I could I could help with um as they move into their own space and create their own home and and wanting to support that so I haven't I haven't quite like figured it all out yet but that's something that's kind of been on the back of my mind I I'd love to find something that um has a lot of meaning behind it you know ways to really improve the world around me so that's something that I've kind of been thinking about recently yeah no definitely I mean I, I always think that you know, it's such a, I think our homes are so important and it's obviously such a privilege to have a home. And, um, yeah, I'm always very conscious of that, that, you know, whenever I, I do something, you know, I'm always looking for ways to kind of give back in some way, because I think it's, um, you know, it's something we, we kind of really take for granted and, um, yeah, definitely really important. Yeah, I totally agree. So what are you reading right now? What's on your bedside table or what's a, a book that you've recently got that you're really loving? Yeah, um, I recently started reading um, The War on Art, I think it's called. Yeah. And um, I was, it was recommended to me by lots of people. I think sometimes we can get stuck um, in creative careers in like this, this block of, I don't know, like, not being good enough or I don't, whatever the things are that can just make it hard to like have the creative process flow through you. And, um, this book talks a lot about that, trying to find ways to break through those, those blocks that can come up as you're trying to create. So I've been enjoying it. I'm just like a couple chapters in, but. Yeah, I was um, actually reading that while I was writing my book style. So I've got a, oh. um, a chapter or a section about the creative process and yeah. And how like you kind of, you reach those blocks and struggling to get past them. And it, and so much of it, I feel like creativity is so often in your head, you know, you're mm. sort of like doubting yourself or 
second guessing yourself or worrying about what other people are doing. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's a great book for that. Yeah, that's great. I, I, that makes me excited to keep going too. Yeah. That, so that's great. And what about do you listen to podcasts or what are you listening to? Yeah, I love listening to podcasts. Um, all kinds, really. Um, one of my favorites, it's not really um, design related, but I've been really into um, Esther Perel. She's like um, a psychotherapist and talks a lot about relationships. And I just think she's so cool and so smart and has so, so much good advice for people. And I'm inspired by her knowledge. And I think she speaks like eight languages and <laughs> she's just so cool. So I, um, she has a podcast that you actually can listen to her therapy sessions. Um, they're just kind of these one-time therapy sessions with clients that you kind of get this inside listen to and a little bit of her commentary with it. I don't know. I'm just loving that a lot right now. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've heard her interviewed uh, a couple of times and she's just, uh, yeah, she's a really inspiring woman in terms of, I just love that she, I mean, obviously she's very smart, but she, she really kind of says what she thinks in a way, mm -hmm, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that sometimes it, you know, it's in a very thoughtful and kind of kind way, but I think sometimes we, we live in a world where, I don't know, we're so frightened to say what we think sometimes. And I really admire that about her, that she, yeah. you know, she's kind of, you know, really honest about stuff. Yep. So yeah, really great. I totally agree. And she does it so well because she can say it and it's not, you know, it's like in a disarming way, you know, she's just so good with the way she says what she thinks, but she's not shy about it. You know, she's, she's telling it like it is. I yeah. love that too. Yeah. Um, and finally, <laughs> what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? I think I would tell my younger self to, um, not worry so much about what other people are doing and like maybe the expectations other people have on you for your life and just do what you want to do. Just, you know, um, and yeah, just go for it and, um, and dream big. Cause I think sometimes we can feel, um, um, like there's a limit to what we can do based on the people that we, have in our lives or what we've seen other people do. And I think I've grown over time. I've learned that we can do more than we think. And, um, so just kind of reiterating that to my younger self would be great just to go for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's maybe the same answer, but I, I'm also curious. I mean, I know that a lot of people who, um, who join my course or, you know, are thinking of, you know, they, they're people often who have, you know, they've gone down a career path and it doesn't feel right for them. And they're kind of at this point where they're thinking, I really like what you were experiencing, you know, like I want to do something for me. I want to actually do the thing that I enjoy. You know, what would you say to somebody like that? Who's at that point of thinking, you know, I'm not actually where I want to be. And I want to do something, you know, as someone who actually made that change in your life, what would yeah. you say to somebody who's at that point? Yeah, something that kind of clicked for me back then as I was trying to figure things out is um, I saw people doing that had 
people were doing the job I wish I had, right? Like they, people are styling magazines and photos. And um, I remember thinking like, if they can do it, like, why can I do it? Like if someone's going to get paid to do that, why, why not me? Like, let me, I want to get in there, you know, let's try this out. Um, and like, what do they have that I don't have? And I think what it came down to was like experience in that when I kind of had that question I'm like, so let's, let's start doing stuff. Let's start getting out there, you know, and, um, figuring this out so that, um, you can do it too. And just kind of believing that, believe that you can do that. You can, if you want that job, you can do it. And there, there's nothing special about, about them that's different than you necessarily, you know, it's just a matter of doing, putting in the work and figuring things out and learning and, um, yeah, yeah. you can do it. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I always say that, you know, there's only one way to learn and that's by doing the work. So yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for joining me today and sharing your yeah. story. And um, yeah, it's been a delight to have you on the podcast. So if people would like to connect with you or see more about your work or work with you, then where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, they can go to my website, um, jenpaul.com, J-E-N-1-N-E-A-U-L, um, or my Instagram, um, it's underscore uh, jenpaul as well. You can find me either of those spots. So, Great. Great. Be yeah. sure to check it out. Well, thanks again. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much. I really enjoyed my time. Thanks, Natalie. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.